y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. It's the week of Christmas and I am excited and I hope that y'all are too. Uh, We have plans to just do very Christmassy things this week to get together with family and then the day after Christmas we're traveling down to see my family. So we're excited about all of those different things. I hope you've got uh, lots of things planned with your, your family, with friends, but ultimately this week, I hope that you find some time to think about the birth of our Savior. And that's really what Christmas is all about. And my prayer for you is that you don't get wrapped up in the buying of presents and the, uh, the hustle and bustle, but that we really think about what the birth of Jesus means for us. And if we sit and contemplate that long enough, it will overwhelm us with how much we are loved by our Father. So I hope that you'll get to do that this week. But speaking of Christmas, I was thinking about a Christmas long ago when I was a child. I have one sister, Kendra, and if y'all remember, if y'all have listened to my sister episodes, my interviews with them, you'll know Kendra's name. But she was never one to like surprises, and she always wanted to know what she was getting for Christmas before Christmas morning. So I remember one particular Christmas, we had gone to bed that night before, and she had was wide awake halfway through the night, and she's like, come on, let's go see what we got. So we snuck into the living room where we saw all of our gifts just laying out there, and let me tell you, I love surprises, and I love the anticipation of walk, getting up that Christmas morning and walking into the living room, and our parents laid our presents out. They didn't wrap anything when we were kids, so we it was all right there to see, and that just took everything out of Christmas morning for me. I was so disappointed, so that's either an example of leadership gone wrong, but I think it's more of a fellowship gone wrong. I could have stayed. I could have said no. I could have stayed in the bed. But these next couple chapters in Proverbs is really instruction for those of us who follow a leader and how we should recognize godly leaders who are worthy of us following, following their lead, because we know that they are relying on God to give them direction. So I'm going to really get through chapters 28 and 29 very quickly. and I want to spend a little bit more time on chapter 30 today. So I'm going to go through, we're not going to read any of the verses in chapters 28 and 29, but I have made a list of the things that are in those chapters that are significant. Just in order of the verses, not every one of them, of course, but Chapter 28 really highlights characteristics of godly leaders. And I know we've talked about this a little bit in previous weeks, but I want us to kind of rethink about this and bring this home. Godly leaders are the following. They are bold, they are selfless, and they maintain order through that selflessness. Godly leaders are calm, cool, and collected. They are not oppressive. They abide by the law. They are just in their decisions. 
They are honorable for their parents, so their parents are proud of them. They are careful to lead blamelessly. They confess and renounce their own sins. They fear the Lord, hate wrongdoing. They are diligent workers, not daydreamers. They are faithful, not looking for quick money. They are impartial, generous, not afraid to offer a rebuke, trustworthy, trustful of God, walking in wisdom, and they are aware of and meet the needs of those around them. So those are godly leaders that we see in chapter 28. Now, chapter 29 focuses more on the negative. So these are things that leaders should not, should not do or should not be. In chapter 29, it says leaders should not be stiff-necked. They should not be loose with people or with money. They should not be greedy. They should not flatter. And the thing about flattering someone is that it traps the one who does the flattering. Leaders should not be mockers. They should not rage and scoff. They should not be bloodthirsty. They should not give into their anger. They should not be unfair. They should not, quote, leave children to themselves without discipline or guidance and instruction. Leaders should not let sin thrive, be ignorant of God's word, speak in haste. This is a good one. Leaders should not stir the pot. Leaders should not be full of pride. They should not fear men and they should not be dishonest. Those are all from chapter 29. So let's dive in. Let's turn the page and dive into chapter 30. Proverbs 30 and 31 are what in my research and in my study, I've seen them called the appendix of Proverbs because they were not written by Solomon himself. They were written by what some may think were other wise men of the time. And Proverbs 30 is written by Agur is the name. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. And his origin, where he comes from, who he was, really is unknown other than what it says here in verse 1. It talks about his uh, father, the name of his father, and it tells us who he's writing these Proverbs to. So in verses 2 and 3, the main idea out of these two is that we think we may know God fully, but we have no idea. He is so much bigger and grander than what we could ever imagine. And um, it, this, these verses are reminiscent of what we see in the book of Job, of how, you know, God's asking Job all of these things. Have you held the world in your hand? Have you put out, put the stars in place and gave them a name? You know, God is so much bigger than what we know. And he fully knows us, but I, but it's just too much to fully know him because he is ever, he is ever present. He is ever knowing. He is all, all wise. He has no ending and no beginning. Our finite human minds just cannot grasp the infinite grandeur of God. Now verses four through nine, I want to read those because there's some good stuff in them, and then I want to talk about it. Proverbs 34 through 9 says, Who has gone up to the heaven and come down? Who has gathered up the wind in the hollow of his hands? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name 
and the name of his son. Tell me if you know. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you are a liar. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. So God's word is perfect and flawless. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. And then the rest of those is a prayer for just what is needed for daily bread. And we see this in the prayer that Jesus prayed, the model prayer, the the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter six. So pray for what you need. Don't pray for any more and don't pray for any less. Pray that God give you what you need for today and today only. Verse 10 talks about how a a leader, how a wise person is not going to accuse someone lower than them. Verses 11 through 14 is a fourfold description on arrogance, and it can be used to check your own heart for arrogance. Take a look at those uh, verses 11 through 14. Verses 15 through 31 is an invitation to keenly observe nature, human or otherwise. The world moves in order and not always a godly order, as we see in verses 20 and 323. We can learn from the animals also. In verses 24 through 28, it references four animals that are wise in their behavior, ants, rock badgers, locust and lizards. And then to wrap up verses 32 and 33, our actions have consequences. Pot stirrers wonder why a situation has gone off the rails. Be aware of these things and then don't be a pot stirrer because we learned in chapter 29 that leaders are not pot stirrers. I want to go back and revisit, in conclusion, uh, chapters 28, a couple of verses there, and one in chapter 29. Chapter 28, verses 12 and 28 says, When the righteous triumph, there is elation, but when the wicked rise to power, men go into hiding. And 28 says, When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding, but when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. And then 29, verse 2, when the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. We all benefit from righteous leaders on any level, whether that's in the context of a family, a church family, some type of other organization you're a part of, the workplace, and even every level of government. We all benefit when a righteous leader is in place. On the flip side, we all suffer from wicked leaders on any level again. So the lesson here is that we need to be aware of who we follow and then we be aware of how 
we lead. May our leadership be characterized by righteousness, not wickedness. And may our fellowship be characterized by wisdom and not folly. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you that this week we get to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, that you bent low, you sent the manifestation of your love to earth in the form of a baby. And I am so thankful for that. And I will spend every day this week, if you give me the opportunity, telling what Christmas is all about. I pray that prayer for my friends. I pray that they would take the opportunities to glorify you this coming week. And God, I pray that you would help us to recognize godly leaders who we should follow. And I pray for any leader who is listening that they would seek you for your direction and that their leadership would be characterized by righteousness and not wickedness because we all benefit from righteous leaders. Help us in this area and we will be faithful to honor you in all of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, join me next week as we study the very last chapter of Proverbs chapter 31. Men, don't tune me out. I know it's gonna be very women-focused, but don't tune me out. I think there's lots of lessons that we can learn regardless of our gender from this chapter of the Bible. So I hope that you and your family have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll meet you right back here next week. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.